All right, welcome everyone. Happy Friday or whatever time that you might be um, listening to this later on the podcast for friends who are joining us remotely. Thanks so much for being here for Tea and Contemplation as we continue our month exploration for December of Darkness. And uh, for this particular series, although, you know, actually you may wish to extend this into January and February, I'm thinking, you know, if you're here in the Northern Hemisphere with us and it's winter time for you, it actually can feel pretty nice to practice this way, I think, all season. But uh, for this series, at least, we're encouraging to uh, try to have a little bit less light in your session. So um, that could be practicing completely by candlelight. Maybe you're in a space that could be totally dark and just very minimal lighting. Uh, it could be turning down the brightness on your computer monitor if you are uh, watching a video of this or on your phone if you have the, the podcast app open, just making it a little bit dimmer or even just turning off one overhead light, you know, just something that creates a little bit of a different space in terms of the, the quality of light in the area where you're practicing. It really makes a difference. Um, and for this particular series, we're really encouraging if that's available to you um, to go ahead and make any adjustment to your, your area that you need that you're practicing in, as well as to be very comfortable. So lots of cozy, lots of blankets, all the good stuff that you might need to accompany you and support you on this journey this month. And so we'll begin with a little bit of settling here. We just want to make sure we have our hot water heating and everything that we need just within arm's reach so that we can feel a chance to allow ourselves to settle and to come to whatever stillness might be comfortable and accessible for us today. And once you have things that you need, let's go ahead and come together for a little bit of a pause. Okay, so a little bit of stillness and settling. And stillness doesn't necessarily mean no movement. It just means a place where the the busy is not pulling at us so much. And the stillness is not something that we jump into on command something that we settle into gradually as the body starts to soften and there's a sense of trust there. So just notice throughout the whole of the session, whatever stillness is accessible to you and where that might be in the body, where we feel just a little less busy a little less tension being between things, that we can just exist in this little liminal space that we are creating together. Here in the darkness. It's inviting the hands to just rest and relax in the lap. Notice if the fingers are curled in or the hands are folded in a way that is creating tension in the fingers and inviting softness there.
And whatever space and openness is accessible in the hands, between the fingers and within the palm, invite that up through the rest of your arm. So the wrist, the forearm, the inside of the elbow, the upper arm, the tops of the shoulders, the backs of the shoulders. Sending space and openness in whatever way is accessible. And notice what it feels like to just sit and rest in this moment, to just breathe. At some points today, it might feel accessible that we can close the eyes, and that helps us in our focusing, helps us in our going inward. But also know that if closing the eyes isn't supportive today for any reason, it might feel just like it makes things busier when we do so, we can just focus on our waiting T-bowl. We can look at the space inside the table. Notice where it's calm and it's cool and it's still inside the bowl. And see if we can notice spaces inside the mind, inside the heart that might also feel something akin to the space inside this table. And for today, we're actually going to begin with a little warm-up exercise for the bowl. So before we place tea inside the bowl, Let's go ahead and make any movement that we need in our space to get our kettle, get our hot water. So if you need to move to another room to get your hot water, please do so. That's totally okay. Your hot water might also be right next to you. And once you do have your water, let's go ahead and add just a very small amount of hot water inside the bowl. Maybe like a little tablespoon of hot water. Just enough to make some steam. Hear some sound. And once you have the hot water in your bowl, go ahead and pick up your tea bowl with your hands and slowly roll that hot water around on the inside of the bowl. And just watch as the steam itself moves around. And the texture inside the bowl changes between the spaces that have water and the spaces that are dry. And notice how you can feel the warmth 
in your hands, spaces in the bowl where you feel warmth and spaces where it's still cool. And see if tilting the bowl, we can gradually creep the water up the sides, almost to the edge. We can warm the whole tea bowl this way. And once you feel that the water has sufficiently warmed the bowl, you can either discard this water, you can drink this water, you can leave it in the bowl if you like with the tea, totally up to you. Just a little warm up for the bowl itself. And then whenever you're ready, go ahead and reaching for your tea. And taking a moment to pause and to greet your tea, to notice the different colors between the leaves, the shadows, the areas where the light that is in your space hits the leaves. And bringing the tea to your nose. And breathing in and out over the leaves. To warm them and to just see what fragrance we notice that is being offered to us by our tea today. Notice what it feels like to simply pause and to breathe with our tea. And if this is a familiar tea to you, there might be particular qualities coming to mind as we're breathing with our tea. Names of places names of fruits or vegetables or flowers that we know, types of wood. And there may be a whole lot that is unknown as well. Notice what is unknown to you. You might say what feels like it's in a bit of shadow or it's dark. It's a part of the tea that we can't know. When you're ready, go ahead and serve yourself a little bit of tea. So a little pinch into your bowl. Whatever feels good for you today. And again, your bowl may still have some water in it from our warming exercise, or it may be dry. Either way is totally fine. And then when you're ready, reaching for your kettle again. And then slowly adding water over the leaves, making any little pattern that might feel nice to cover all of the leaves in the water. And for whatever size bowl you're working with, just adding enough water that 
it feels like the amount of tea that you need. So we don't need to fill it up all the way. Just whatever feels like a cup of tea. And setting the kettle down, we can take our hands, if it feels comfortable, resting them alongside the bowl, and depending on how you have your tea bowl positioned where you're sitting today. So the hands could be resting on the table, they could be touching the bowl, or a little space of air between your hands and the bowl, just warming up our fingers and inside the palms. Inviting warmth to all those areas where we notice space. And just observing what's happening inside the table. And if we've been practicing in this way with our tea for some time, there may be wide portion of this practice that is really familiar to us that is almost like second nature we have a sense for how different teas behave how they rise and they fall they soften and open up or stay just the way that they are for a longer time we may have a sense for how they do this at different times of the year so maybe if you've been practicing here with us since last winter, you might remember some of the sensations coming back to you from that time. The light in your space, the types of tea that you enjoy, all of the sense memories of this time of year coming back to you in real time now as we sit together in this particular winter with our tea. Your chances are there's still probably part of this practice that feels very much unknown. Right? Like there's the part that can't be predicted. We don't exactly know how it's going to go anytime that we come to sit down and have our tea. We don't know how it's going to make us feel and what we're going to do with that that comes to the surface afterward. If we take a moment here to lift the tea bowl and to bring it to our nose. And here again, just noticing what is familiar to us, what we know. And what might feel like it's in a bit of shadow? There's parts of this tea's story as well that we may know and that we don't know. We may know where it came from, who made it. We may know the time of year that it was made. And there's actually a lot that we don't know about this tea. We don't know the meaning of all of the twists and the folds. And in a small way, 
this bowl of tea is teaching us this important work of acceptance, of acknowledging that there's a lot that we can't see. And how do we work with that? And if it feels comfortable, we can take a sip of our tea. And just experience what it is to engage with what isn't known. What it is to be with your tea and not have all of the answers. How it feels in your body to just sit and sip and be with what is right now. And just moving at whatever pace feels comfortable for you, taking another sip when you need to. Noticing how it changes the way that you breathe. How it changes your feeling inside your body in this present moment. sometimes in our practice the teas that we choose are ones that we somehow think are more reliable for us that we know them so when we prepare to come and to sit down together for tea what is it that draws you to the particular one that you choose on that day and sometimes we call to that tea, we sit down with it, and it feels completely unfamiliar to us. It feels like something that was there before isn't there now. And again, on this little small, very small level in our life, so small we can hold it between our hands. We're practicing what that's like when something shifts when something goes dark on us for a moment. And so in this sense, the consideration for darkness, it's not only just the environment that we're in, it may also be little pinpoints in our life, pinpoints in our existence. Some that are the size of the tea bowl, some that are much larger.
And so as we sit here and we're sipping our tea together, and appreciating in the present moment what it is offering to us, what we can feel, what we can breathe into. What we can feel, perhaps, a sense of recognition, a sense of being known and being seen. And we can also invite a curiosity about what we don't know, what we can't see. And just asking ourselves, what does that feel like for you to sit with that? Knowing that it may feel different today than on any other day, and that's okay too. Sometimes maybe it's just been a while since we asked ourselves that question. As we drink further into the bowl, we get closer to the leaves. Notice if getting closer to them changes your the quality of your feeling about that tea. Does it feel like you know it better or does it feel like it's still just as mysterious? This too can be a curiosity. Sometimes more of something doesn't always lead to greater illumination. And acknowledging that sometimes that might feel just fine. That might feel like part of the mystery and the wonder of it. That might be exactly what you need. And sometimes it can also feel disorienting. So whatever comes up for you today, I'm just honoring and acknowledging that it's valid, it's there. We practice listening to the tea, we're practicing listening to ourselves. take the next minute together to just quietly sit with our tea, either continuing to drink this tea and to enjoy it or to just rest holding the bowl, watching the leaves. 
and an invitation to reflect more deeply on this particular topic today around our subject of darkness. Are there areas in your life that you're sitting with something that has gone dark for a while? The unknown of what that means. What does it feel like to acknowledge the space that that kind of consideration needs in your life? In the yoga tradition, that is the first sound, the sound of Om. And in the 
the way that I have had mantra explained to me is that within the sound of Om is inherently uh, all other possible sounds that we move from Om to to every sound uh, through manipulations of the jaw and the tongue. But if all of that were to relax, this is what we would have is this this primordial original sound. So in that sense, the fabric of the sound is something like uh, light. When I when I produce the sound of Om, I am creating some sort of awareness of the field of possibility. I thought today it might be relevant to share just a little bit of uh, theory, theory of awareness from the yoga tradition of Tantra. And for those who are uh, with me in person today, I'm, I'm actually going to share my screen to show you this simple model for a moment. And this is uh, from the book Tantra Illuminated by Christopher Wallace, which is a really useful kind of reference book if, if you are curious about um, well, the vastness of the field of the tradition of Tantra, very vast. So uh, what this diagram is, is intending to illustrate is the, the different domains that our awareness can take or that, well, that, that our awareness is inherently kind of um, composed of these different dimensions, but often our mind is, you know, particularly focused on one or the other. So this, um, the, the most external layer is this like layer of stuff, <laughs> the layer of like things around us, that which is not our body, but that which we're, we're aware of. So the room that we're in and the objects in it and, and so forth. And then we have awareness of our body, our physical body. And we have awareness of this really important concept in yoga philosophy, chitta, the, the field of the heart-mind. And then we have this awareness that is uh, composed of prana, the vital life force the energy of spirit, if you like. And then in this model, we go to shunya, which is no thingness, the void. But the word void, of course, in English um, suggests a kind of absence where in this uh, cosmology, the void is uh, is much like the way I described Om. You know, it's the it's the it's the everything without being any specific thing. The transcendent void. 
And then at the heart of this model is chit, and this is awareness, much like chitta, the heart-mind field, but this is awareness unbound by any container. So, you know, problems can arise if we look at uh, the element or the dimension of yoga that is therapeutic when we think about this model. The problems can arise for us when uh, our awareness is kind of stuck in one of those, one of those layers without having some awareness of that which um, surrounds it. So, um, Perhaps an example might be, you know, if I'm fixated on an element of my physical body that maybe I'm unhappy with, you know, for some, for some apparently silly cosmetic reason, and yet it's like a persistent, it's a persistent thing, it's a persistent knot. Um, that fixation can um, remove or uh, separate me from awareness of the field of energy uh, in my body, for example. Um, I might start to uh, contract. It's also a word used a lot in uh, the, the tantric tradition, the, the principle of contraction, as awareness has the, the power, the freedom, the autonomy to, in a sense, pretend that it is um, smaller and more contained than it actually is. It's a weird, a weird principle of awareness, but but here it is. <laughs> you know, and I, I think about this um, in the times when I've been uh, deeply depressed. There's a very interesting. Well, it's not interesting at the time. It's awful, but you know, when you're not in it, it's interesting. Um, there's this very interesting sense of. Uh, being hyper-contained and in that sense super just aware of myself, this kind of fascinating experience of depression where um, there's so much self-criticism, but at the same time it feels like the only thing I can think about is this contained body. That My sense of ego is like very strangely big, it's like small and big in that state. Um, whereas for me, in a in a healthier state, uh, awareness is more dispersed. It's more expanded. So uh, I am aware of myself, but in the sense that I'm aware of this body in its context with uh, other bodies in relationship with uh, other beings, um, that the edges are softer the threshold is more porous. And when I look at that model of awareness, I think about the therapeutic goal of yoga to, to um, allow, so I, maybe what is challenging here is I'm using the word awareness to describe two things. So there's awareness as my conscious attention, like what I am aware of. And then there is maybe awareness with a capital A, which is like the the energy of aliveness that uh, everything has. Awareness is one of the words you could, you could use to describe that. So the therapeutic goal of yoga to take my small a awareness 
and allow it to be uh, fully expanded to notice all of those dimensions. One of the things that I am working through right now is the separation uh, and kind of loss of a deep uh, connection to another person. And what is, I think, for at this moment, so this is, you know, I'm in a grief process and uh, as one of my teachers, Yoli, has been so instrumental in teaching me or perhaps reminding me, you know, I think that um, one of the things about philosophy is that periodically something resonates so much that it almost feels like it, it can't be the first time you're, you're hearing it. It's almost like there's a, there's a sense of being reminded of something that you know or perhaps uh, there's an inner knowing that the conscious mind is repressing. And sometimes the right language can show you the tether to something uh, that you know on a deeper level. And so I think I, I felt that way when, when Yoli explained that, you know, uh, grief is not this linear process as the, the prevailing model sometimes suggests, although the originator of that prevailing model did not intend it as a linear process either. But, you know, we absorbed it in the culture because perhaps we have such a tendency to think about linearity. We, we, we kind of digested it as this like step one, step two, step three. And what Yoli was explaining in this grief workshop is that uh, it, is, it is a spiral or a cycle of experiences. And there are, there are often times in the grief process where two of those major aspects of grief are present at the same time. Uh, and for Yoli, grief is a container of really all possible feeling as well. So there is not just the, the despair of grief or the sadness of grief, but there is also the joy of grief. Um, that's maybe a rabbit hole we don't have time, time to go down. Definitely, maybe another time. But uh, as, I'm, as I'm working with uh, my grief process in relationship to this person, uh, one of the things that is the saddest for me right now is that we're not sharing. We're not sharing the process of redefinition that we are going through. I think that perhaps on some level I imagined that there would always be intimacy. But there's a moment when uh, in a transformation of relationship the intimacy does shift. And my experience of that in this moment is a kind of darkness. I find myself writing letters that I imagine are for this person and then realizing that actually they're, they're for me. And, and I'm creating this relationship 
with almost like a subtle version of this person because I'm, I need the intimacy, you know, and it's, it's fascinating to see the way that my mind is in a, in a sense supporting this grief process uh, in, in these really creative ways. We don't always get the, the privilege of intimacy with the people uh, that we love. We don't always get that privilege. And I think that's sometimes one of the most painful things about being in deep relationship with people is that there are times when we go dark to each other. And not only does the other person become mysterious, but perhaps even the reasons for the shift are also, are also mysterious. There's darkness around that too. And I, I always think about this um, beautiful quote from, and I've never heard their name pronounced, so I think it's Anais Nin. I think that's right. Um, <clears throat> but this, this observation that Anais had, uh, that when we when we in, encounter another person, there is a universe that opens up. And that, that each of our intimate relationships is like a different universe. And so the, that's part of the potential. And that's why we become vulnerable to people um, that we are you know, connected to. Because it's such a risk, right, to open up we can get hurt. But without that vulnerability, that sense of space cannot open, and that sense of expansion uh, cannot open. So I think that what is coming up for me today is that, you know, part of these practices are about realizing the universe that is open inside of us and that that is a really flexible dynamic and incredibly powerful place to explore and there are of course these relational universes, these cosmos that we orbit with each other, also dynamic, powerful, potent places. So maybe the question today is kind of what, what is in our orbit? right now.
thank you for joining us for Tea and Contemplation today. Uh, the book that I mentioned, if you are curious about, if you are very curious about the tantric tradition, it's like a, it's an intimidating like volume. Thickly <laughs> curious. <laughs> yeah. Um, Christopher Wallace created this really beautiful, um, yeah, I think of it kind of like an encyclopedia of the, the tantric lineages, and it's called Tantra Illuminated. And uh, his name, his last name is spelled uh, W-A-L-L-I-S. And the beautiful mind that I referenced and, and the beautiful name that I may have mispronounced, Anais Nin, that's A-N-A-I-S-N-I-N. And uh, if you want to send me an audio file of how to actually pronounce that name, the email address is info at adamgrassi.com. That's G-R-O-S-S-I. <laughs> Suze? <laughs> and you can reach me at Suze at beingtea.com. Uh, tea and Contemplation is offered as a live studio session every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. So you're very welcome to sign up to join with us uh, in community, actually, for uh, a practice in togetherness, if you would like to do that. You can find more information about how to join us as well as how to support the podcast. We are supported entirely by listeners like you. Thank you so much for tuning in each week. Uh, the link to reach us is in our show notes. We hope to see you soon.